the mics are set and I'm starting the recording. Why did you want to record this murder mystery dinner party fundraiser anyway? It's an opportunity to talk about poisonous plants. And I didn't have the time to plan for a proper episode as I was otherwise occupied preparing my outfit for the proceedings. Fair enough. I'll be right off stage watching the levels. Good luck with that. You will find looking away impossible, for once I take the stage, I will be captivating. Mmm, okay. Sure. So I'll be watching the levels. Watching the levels, or watching your phone while you text Cody? Yeah, they took the night off because they claimed to have an allergy to dinner theater, and frankly, I respect that stance. But I told them I'd let them know if anything super weird happened. I'm still feeling out where their bar for weird is, and since a fundraising murder mystery dinner theater scheme isn't most people's idea of normal, I'm just texting them everything to be safe. Yeah, I haven't seen you look at your equipment at all. You nearly put a mic in a flaming sidecar drink, and it was already on fire. And on the way to Whiplash's mouth, which was also on fire. I don't think Whiplash understands how drinking works. He says that danger is the true universal spice. But yes, you certainly have been distracted. Which would only make sense if you are considering my magnificent visage. I had no idea that I would look this good in fringe. I'm a goddess of the night. You do look surprisingly good. There is no surprise about it. I always look good. Mm, okay, but I've never seen you dressed as a flapper before. I will admit, grudgingly, that using some of the fringe to make a dolly-style mustache was a clever way to keep in theme. I don't know what you're talking about. I grew this fringe myself. Where'd you get the dress? Did you find the evil disguises closet? I found Eva Lynn's closet, so close enough. I'm gonna go get too bad. I think it was having some debate about whether to split the costumes in half vertically or horizontally. I tried explaining that both characters he's playing wear a tuxedo so he could just wear the one tuxedo, but when I was walking out to the dressing room, he had out two tuxedos and a pair of scissors, so who knows how this is gonna end up. The room had more stitches than ten Frankensteins at a baseball factory. Save it for the stage, Spade. Sorry, get a good character. Always wanted to play a gumshoe. It's a pretty exciting night, and I want it to go well. Well, we all hope it goes well, because I don't think the Contractarians will take well to us missing the first installment on our payment plan. No, probably not. And I still have night terrors about the week they turned all the bathrooms into labyrinths, with the toilet at the center. <sighs> the Minotaur was the worst part! Oh, I wish I could have used the one with the Minotaur. The bathroom near the conservatory had a gorgon. Hello! Don't start without me! Evil Lynn? Evil Lynn. Huh. Well, this is about as expected as a rum-drunk sailor in fishnet tights playing a Burgermeister's tuba. Which is to say very expected, but only on Thursdays. What? Thursdays are bad practice nights. But, as it's not a Thursday, I must admit that you caught me like a lobster in a handbasket. Are you okay? Hold your arms out and let's make sure you don't need to go to a doctor. Oh, no, it's a very common expression. See, you would normally catch a lobster in a handbasket, so... Anyway, where's my spot? I want to be sure to get the light on my best angle. Which is every angle, but, you know. What makes you think you can just swan in here? I heard there was a murder mystery party, and I'm always up for murder, mysterious or otherwise. This is the whole reason I wanted a speakeasy, you know. No, we were obviously unaware of your penchant for murder mysteries, or we would have used it to lure you back ages ago. Do you have 
any idea what we've been through while you were off sunbathing on beaches and getting massages? And cliff diving into sea notes. That was so invigorating. And yes, Sandeep kept me updated on what was going on with the contractarians. That sounds ghastly. So glad I missed it. It was all your fault and you left us to deal with it. Oh, there was nothing I could do. Are you kidding? You could have not bought so many things or sold them or committed some other sort of felony like a respectable villain? Oh, did I say could? I meant would. There is nothing I would do about that. But I am here to help you now as the femme fatale in this murder mystery play. No, absolutely not. I am playing the femme fatale. Look at how well I wear this dress. I know all the lines. Hmm, I'm pretty sure you're the butler in this one. The butler? Who would dare to give me such a bit part? I'm sure I don't know. Who was in charge when they handed out scripts? Webstore, perhaps? I saw him wearing jodhpurs and carrying a megaphone. Is he the one running Snake Mountain at the moment? <sighs> Certainly not. Stinkar had the reins last I'd heard. He'd made a stink about the laundry sorting system. Well, more of a stink than is his usual want. Stinkor. That doesn't sound right. Maybe clawful? Regardless, I guess the real question is, how well do you want this to go, Skeletor? Not very well, obviously, if you're in it, but it could go so much worse. They're flickering the lights. You all need to get into place. Your choice. I'm not letting some absentee understudy steal my moment. Skeletor, I can't go back to living under the contractarians. Just please be the butler. You can be a flapper butler. Just get through this. Excellent. Now someone needs to get me a drink. Skeletor, how about you get into that butler character? How dare- Listen, Skeletor, I know acting with Evildon will be uncomfortable, like a burlap wedgie. But just channel that into your character. It's what I'm doing. When life hands you evil linens, make evil linenade. You're about to start. Places. Thank you, places. If you think this is over, you are sorely mistaken. There is a score in need of settling, and Skeletor will be the one to settle it. Thank you, places. It was a damp night in October, too warm for the season, and the fog felt like someone breathing hotly up your pants cuff. Sorry, but you are standing right next to my face. Shh, you're not in this scene, and corpses don't talk. Tendrils of the night curled up through my sleeves and reached down my collar, tickling me like a dame that was also made of fog. When I heard the knock at the door, I thought about pulling the shade down and saying we were closed, and letting some other misery miser scrabble over whatever sadness was waiting outside my door. But before I could turn the lock and shut off the lights, the door swung open, and I immediately knew that whatever the dame in the doorway said she was bringing me, it was going to turn out to be nothing but trouble. Hello, someone Before just... she said anything... Well, fine, if you must. Before she said anything, she paused in the doorway to allow me to give her a dramatic once-over. She had a face that was beautiful and sad, like a velvet painting of a sad clown, and she leaned against the door like she couldn't carry the weight of what had brought her here a single step further. She was poured into her dress like expensive scotch bought at a discount store poured into an also very expensive glass. She had the look of someone who was searching for a protector, who knows how to make any red-blooded person want to hit her in the face with a rubber chicken until she was laughing hysterically. 
Oh, me now? Finally. <clears throat> Hello, uh, handsome? I have a problem, and I don't know where to turn or who will believe me. Are you clam trowel, hard-boiled private eye? That's what it says on the tag my mother sewed into my underpants before I went to private eye summer camp. How evocative. Mr. Trowell, you're the only one who can help me. Tears started welling up in her eyes as she started sobbing. No, thank you. My makeup is exquisite. I tried to get a word in, but her crying came harder and faster. <sighs> Fine. A boo who who Her eyes were leaking more salt water than a submarine made out of cheese graters, but eventually she managed to make like a clumsy contestant at a chili cook-off and spill the beans. Her story was a sad one, all right, with more wrinkles than an elderly Sharpe in a cheap suit that hadn't been laundered properly. Between sobs, she filled me in on her tragic story. Oh, yes, I am the beautiful and glamorous heiress, Roxy St. Ingenue. As you can see, my glamour is exceeded only by my beauty. And? Oh, and my husband is dead. Of murder or something, I suppose. Boo-hoo and all that. Oh, for evil's sake. Oh, good, the butler is here. Chesterwood, fetch me a Mai Tai, would you? Yes, it is I, Davenwick, the humble butler. Davenwick? What are you doing here? You work at Ingenue Manor. You don't show up until Act Two. Uh, yes, but since the untimely death of my beloved employer, I am forced to freelance bottle wherever the cruel tides of fate carry me. Woe and alack! Yes, very tragic. Now, Jeevesley. Be a good freelance servant and fetch me my drink. I'm a bit parched from all this uncontrollable sobbing because of my grief. Chop, chop. Yes, parched like the roots of your plants if you don't practice diligent watering. Ah, but what kind of water should you use? Not all plants can tolerate the vagaries of your local municipal water supply. What is he doing? Oh, hey, Greg. I thought you were, you know, a he-buddy? Oh, sure, I am. But, uh, some of us are moonlighting here on weekends. Things with Prince Adam have been kind of, um, different lately, so sometimes it's nice to get out of the castle for a bit and see what a train wreck this place is. Besides, if He-Man needs us, I'm sure he'll let us know. Right. So, what exactly is Skeletor doing? He said he wasn't going to record two episodes this week, not when those muddle-brained morons are already making me participate in this utter farce. Have you been practicing? That was pretty good. All the time. Do you not? Mm, yeah. All the bar staff practices our Skeletor voice when the bar is slow. Do you sentence Grenadine to the moth cage for being too sticky? Sometimes. Mostly we yell about the treachery of muddling and the accursed people who snap their fingers to order. Sounds like a fun time, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Though I'd rather squirt the finger snappers with the soda gun. Merman usually does it if he's here, but he's a better shot than me. I shouldn't admit that but he definitely nailed Stratos right in the left nostril. Oh, dang, that's awesome. Yeah, I know. As an employee of Snake Mountain, he's my sworn enemy, but he's an amazing shift manager. And that's why you should really consider collecting and using rainwater to hydrate the plants in your life. Click? Gosh, I guess I had that radio up too loud and turned to the plant station. With that handled, we headed out into the night. 
When we arrived at the St. Donchino estate, I could tell something was fishy about this whole situation. Franklin did love to pull the salmon fillets out of the freezer and roll around in them. He was an eccentric man. The whole thing smelled funnier than cologne made out of clown sweat and banana peels, but I wasn't laughing. So far, the official line was that there was no foul play, but I wasn't buying it. This story was like a rude uncle at a family barbecue. It didn't pass the mustard. The only way this stiff could have died of natural causes is if you consider murder a natural cause. As far as I was concerned, someone had made out like a train conductor and punched his ticket for him. Oh yes, I killed him. And I regret nothing! <laughs> it's not in the script! Oh, Pish, I'm improvising. All the greats do it. That is not true. I am a great and I don't do it, so therefore your assumption is false. Now use the script. Um, Roxy tried to take the rap for offing her ball and chain, but just like the pod store owner that one time I brought in a soggy set of pogs, I wasn't buying. This broad might be a lot of things, but if she was a murderer, then I was a Polisian sand guppy. And I wasn't a Polisian sand guppy. Fine. I didn't do it. But I could be lying, because I am worldly and mysterious. No! Your line is, why would I kill my husband? I loved him. Mm, no. That doesn't sound like something I would say. You have to, so that merman can say, Oh, your gum snapper says you loved him, did you, dollface? Did you love him to death? Dun, dun, dun! It really doesn't sound like something she'd say, though. Thank you. See? Putting aside the betrayal of agreeing in any way with Eva Lynn, the impossibility of her attempting to simulate an emotion other than derision would likely stretch credulity less than a dead body who does not have the decency to stay silent, which is the signal demand of playing a corpse, beast man. Not sure it stretches credulity more than a cast arguing about lines on the stage. You know, it is still going better than I expected, which sucks for me because that means I'm not going to win the betting pool the minion set up. You all seem crazy busy tonight. I guess that's a good thing for the fundraiser. And tips, I hope? Hopefully. It's just me on the floor tonight. Rajneesh had to call in. Do you need some help? I don't know much about making drinks, but muddling seems fun. Always happy to smash stuff for a good cause. Not nice of you to offer, but I'm good. Busy, but good. Though I do have a kind of weird question. Go for it. Do you know who is in charge of Snake Mountain right now? Someone was asking, and it sounded pretty urgent. I know I'm not supposed to be involved in these things, but I didn't want to be a jerk either. Not intentionally being a jerk is in the He-Buddy Oath. They made us swear to it before they gave us our furry boots. Actually, that's pretty much the whole oath. The rest is just about boot maintenance. Those things are really hard to keep clean. Okay. Well, uh, Scareglow's in charge, I think. Oh... Well, that's probably not good, because it was Scareglow asking. Maybe it changed again? Hold on. Looks like an order is up. Be back soon. Here, put this spoonful of peanut butter in Beastman's mouth. That should keep him busy for a while. Yes, well, I guess I didn't do it for reasons like love or whatever. Merman, you're lined? Oh, sorry. Beastman just looks so cute when the peanut butter gets stuck to the roof of his mouth and he... Just can't figure out how to lick it off. Your line! Uh, Roxy's eyes filled with tears like she was wearing onion mascara as she pleaded her innocence. I wanted to believe her, but just like fancy suits and health insurance, faith in beautiful dames was something a private eye couldn't afford to have. Still, 
She had the kind of eyes that made me wish I had listened to my mother and gotten into podiatry so I could afford luxuries, like taking her at her word. Eyes like the purest- Emeralds. If you say anything other than emeralds or another precious gem, I will grind my heel into your foot, and I assure you that the point on these stilettos is razor sharp. Emeralds it is. We went to the scene of the crime, and I saw the stiff there at the kitchen table. The window was open, curtains fluttering in the night air. He was face down in a bowl of salad. Not the last meal I'd have picked, but then, I was always a sushi man myself. Skeletor, that's your line. <sighs> Mrs. St. Ingenue, I have left the scene as you instructed. Everything is untouched. Oh, very good, Brentworth. Do be a darling and get me a drink. An expensive one. I need it. For my nerves, you know. Such a tragedy that my... husband, was it? Um, yeah. Yes, that my beloved husband, who I probably didn't despise at all, was murdered here in this very kitchen. Ah, oh, the times we had here. Eating, opening the fridge, closing the fridge. You know, he used to sometimes wash his hands at that very sink. Do I have to stay face down in the salad the whole time? It's making my face itchy. Because the salad is poisoned. Many of the items we commonly put into our salads are pet safe, but there are a few that can adversely affect your furry family members. This salad contains raisins known to be incredibly dangerous to pets and can cause sudden and acute kidney failure. Raisins. Did it kill Beast Man? No! I never eat raisins. They are terrible. You think they are chocolate chips, and then they are not. Not even a little. You're supposed to be dead. And also, you're not supposed to eat chocolate. Everyone has to go somehow. That is why we got you carob snacks! You monster! I didn't know you had that sort of evil in you, Skeletor. Ahem. Mrs. St. Arginu, was anyone else in the house at the time of the murder? Sergei, my private yoga instructor. That's not your line. Mm. Oh, yes, sorry, just daydreaming. This, the script, ahem. Just my rich uncle Cassius Luker, who is currently trying to buy out my husband's sweatband company. And I'm pleased to meet you. I'm a wealthy water bottle magnate that finally perfected spill-proof technology, and I wanted to diversify. Uh, my nephew-in-law was resistant to my offers of a buyout. I guess he won't be resisting as much now. Because I'm dead. Oh, oh no! I, does that mean I'm a ghost? I, I can't be a ghost! How will I eat plants if I am a ghost? Such a shame he died! It really is. I was very nice. Be quiet! Everyone can hear you, Beast Man! Oh, well, sorry. Um. That's not better! I'm trying! It's only my first day being a ghost, you know. Uh, my nephew-in-law was nice enough fellow. Certainly made my niece Roxy happy. Eh. I mean, uh... <clears throat> Boo-hoo. I will miss him terribly. He was the love of my life. People have just one of those? Of course. I did bring my good friend with me, Corporal Marshall. We've known each other for ages, although I haven't seen him lately. I'm a military!
military man with a dark secret! You're not supposed to just say that! Oh! There you are, Corporal! While you were elsewhere, my dear nephew, Franklin St. Ingenue, was murdered! Then why is he moving around so much? I'm a restless spirit. I have unfinished business. I hope someone finishes that Mad Lib for me. You just wrote butts for everything. No, I wrote butts for almost everything. That's my unfinished business. <laughs> butts. Poor Franklin! And to think this must have happened when I was just in the next room cataloging my collection of rare daggers! You and your hobbies! This family was nuttier than my Aunt Mabel's pecan pie, and not nearly as sweet. I got the sense that something was off about them. Murderously off. Dun dun dun! The question was, how did he die? And who helped Mr. St. Dungeon shuffle off this mortal coil and go to the internal salad bar in the sky? I examined the body. He had a knife wound, a bullet hole, there were strangle marks, and he had foam at the mouth of someone who'd been poisoned. Or else he'd eaten a lot of toothpaste cookies. Sorry. I wanted a snack before the play started. Wait! What's this? Looks like as the last traces of life fled his body like someone announced an open mic night was about to begin, with his final act, Franklin must have scrawled this clue. It says, Poison. Oh, that's just my shopping list. I'm running a bit low. My poison collection has been ever so... leaky. Get yourself one of my spill-proof water bottles! You can store it all! And if you, listeners, I mean, wealthy socialite murder suspects, are looking to store your fresh garden herbs, be they poisonous or otherwise, I suggest that you wrap them loosely in a damp cloth and keep them in an airtight container in the crisper drawer of your refrigerator. The damp cloth should keep them from drying out, while- Speaking of drying out, be a good butler and buttle us up a fresh round of beverages, won't you, Chesterfield? Now listen here, you dinner theater dilettante! Things seemed a little tense between Roxy and her butler, but there was no time to dwell on that, because a new guest had just arrived. Xavier Richingham had been a friend of the St. Ingenues for years. He was heir to the Richingham fortune. But lately that fortune had been dwindling faster than a cheese ball at a mouse convention. Xavier had been forced to make ends meet by teaching tennis to bored housewives. But was Roxy's forehand the thing he was working on? Or had this tennis ace overhand smashed the only thing standing between him and Mrs. St. Ingenue? Her husband. My dear Roxy, I came as soon as I heard the news that your husband had passed. I was on the tennis court and heard a terrible cry of agony from the kitchen. And it wasn't even the day when the cook usually serves meatloaf. Aristocratic laugh. I think that was a stage direction. All right. <laughs> oh, Xavier, it's so good of you to come. I know you've been busy tennising and preparing the court for my lessons later on. So nice of you to wear your formal tennis tuxedo. Is that a noose around Franklin's neck? Oh, that? Yes, he was always practicing his knot work. Don't know why he went into sweatbands. The sea was what really called to him. Uh, knew every kind of knot there was. What is this puddle? Is this salad dressing? No, it's 
poison. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, yes, I must have spilled some earlier. Whoopsie. But, Mr. Trowell, can you tell us how my husband met his unfortunate end? How was he murdered? Boo-hoo. Well, Roxy, I'm glad you asked. See, at first I was more stumped than a clear-cut forest. This caper had more red herrings than a communist fish hatchery. But then I noticed something. Something that made like a confused musician who tried to put his cello in a violin carrier. Which is to say, it busted this case wide open. And now, I'm ready to close it. Dun, dun, dun! See, Franklin St. Ingenue was practicing his noose-tying. That's when he slipped on a puddle of poison and fell on his lucky bullet. So that's how my husband died? No, let me finish. When he fell, he knocked some exposed wires from a home improvement project into this puddle of poison. So my nephew was electrocuted? No, the current from the wires magnetized a bullet, which attracted a dagger which Corporal Marshall had left lying nearby. So he was stabbed by my magnetized antique dagger? That dagger would have stabbed him through the heart, but Mr. Ingenue always kept a deck of playing cards in his breast pocket, which deflected the blade. Then how did he die? He was allergic to salad. I knew it. Be quiet, you're dead. Evil in the butler is threatening me. Belvedere, stop menacing my dead husband and fetch me another drink. Mojito will do nicely. That is it. I will brook this charade no longer. First, you usurp my fortress. Then, you abandon said fortress in its hour of need, returning only to steal my role as the beguiling femme fatale, Roxy St. Ingenue. All that I could bear, with my signature good grace. But ordering a muddled drink in a busy understaffed bar? This is too much to bear! If you do not exit this stage immediately, the uncharacteristically vocal Mr. St. Ingenue will not be the only corpse on this stage! Do you hear me, you vile traitor? What happened to the lights? Don't worry, everybody. This happens sometimes. Just give me a second to find the fuse box. See? Fixed. <gasps> it's evil then. She's dead. What? Why is everybody looking at me? Garden Pots with Skeletor is written by Marissa Bond, Megan Bob, and Nathaniel Hubbard, and edited by Dan Mulcairin. Our theme song is Daydream by Rafael Medina, and our logo was created by Kit Mulcairin. Skeletor is played by Dan Mulcairin. Riley is played by Kit Mulcairin. Merman is played by Nathaniel Hubbard. Evelyn is played by Marissa Bond. Beastman is played by Rafael Medina. Too Bad is played by Jeff Aldrich and John Taylor. He Buddy Number 1 is played by Miles Schneiderman. Additional music from filmmusic.io from Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com used under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 international license. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe and all associated characters are property of their owners. You can reach us at GardenPlotsWithSkeletor at gmail.com, on Twitter at Garden underscore Plots, or through our website, GardenPlotsWithSkeletor.carrd.co. If you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and review on your podcast app of choice. You can donate to Skeletor Schemes on Ko-fi at ko-fi.com slash Garden Plots with Skeletor. Thanks for listening. <laughs>